You are now tuned into the School of Higher Thought podcast, where we explore the realm of personal development. We aim to upgrade your life through lessons learned from your personal experience. Episodes are released every Sunday. For more updates and other empowering content, please follow our other social medias in the description below. I hope you've got your notepads ready. Class is in session. But I actually wanted to kind of go into like, you know, when a lot of people get to where they want to, where they are, um, you know, how they are able to use their money, not use the money wisely, but how they're able to kind of level up, I guess you could say, move it higher. Yeah. Um, so um, let's say, for example, a lot of people here who listen, um, I'm not Muslim, but inshallah, you become millionaires as well. Um, or you become millionaires, <laughs> well, not as well, but in, you become millionaires. Um, of course, you're going to want to kind of, you know, break into different sections of society you want to kind of be different um and i think what's what's key here is i think a lot of people don't understand that just because you have money it doesn't mean everything's different mm. it doesn't mean that you suddenly are a different person like you know if people love you for your money specifically like really or they want to be around you because of money then that's a person to be to move far away from now um uh, i'm going to kind of go in a bit around here um but i think the first and foremost thing that a lot of people don't know is that everything's transactional so as i'm speaking speaking to you today um is a transaction you got me on the show basically you know because you want me to kind of say my piece um and i'm on your show maybe because you know i i want to grow my brand i mean really truly it's because i want to speak and i love speaking right but um it's because <laughs> maybe i want to grow my brand let's just leave it at that so it's a transaction like even when you're in, in real life for example as well you might have a let's say a girl you want to talk to that girl um might want comfort and you might want love or something along those lines. You want someone to be with you, um, and it's just a transaction. And I think a lot of people they don't realize this, so they think when they have money, suddenly you know um, everybody's going to be attracted and like a magnet. And I tell you this: if you are attracting people like a magnet because of your money, there's a problem there because you're only going to kind of attract people who want you for your money only, and not for who you are. Now, when I mean transaction, I mean I'm not going to go to Bill Gates today, right? Let's say have a billion dollars i'm not going to go to bill gates and be friends with him all of a sudden why because i'm not like i'm not offering anything to him i'm not offering anything of value to him now that's something key that a lot of people don't know value you need to have value to other people you have to have value to to like for example me if somebody asks me for something like i'm gonna think to myself what do i get out of this when someone who's like 16 17 messages me saying they need some help you know maybe they want to grow themselves um develop themselves they say when it comes to trading or when it comes to you know um knowledge um, I might say to them, you know, I might think to myself, what do I gain out of this? Maybe I gain the satisfaction of helping another person become, you know, as good as possibly it can be. Or maybe I get, I gain the kind of satisfaction knowing that if that person becomes big, then I get a cut of that. I can kind of say that's my call sign, something like that. Um, and a lot of people don't realize these transactions happen quite subconsciously on a quick to quick basis. Like, you know, you might not realize it, but you're talking to somebody else because of your transaction. Someone comes to annoy you or something, you're like, what, what do you want from me? But if someone actually offers you something that you want, you become more receptive. Which is why when you become when you have money, you gotta have value to somebody else. Whoever it is, billionaires, millionaires, you need to have some sort of value. So they so you're around them, you stay around them. Not that you just are there just in general. And this is why I think social circles is a bit of a difficult kind of topic when you talk about this. Like a lot of people think because they have money, all of a sudden they're gonna start mingling with people like Warren Buffet or Bill Gates. 
and 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 that's that's generally not the case because you know you're not in the same social circle so it become even difficult to meet them in the first place like for me for example i can go to canary wolf when i start working i'll see lots of law, uh, bankers lots of potentially lawyers accountants because we work in the same kind of vicinity we probably have friends who are basically part of the same circles and i can break into those circles but it's rarely ever do you see a footballer hang around in, like of a banker like when do you see a footballer hang around a banker or when you see a footballer hang around a ceo now you do see it when it has people who are massive like ronaldo i wouldn't even say messi because messi i don't really see him like that but um you have some kind of people who you know they're able to move across these sectors and not everybody's like that as i kind of spoke about before as well versatility i'm able to speak to someone who's from the hood i'm also able to speak to someone who's in, in, in basically a, i don't call them snobby but someone who wears private school basically um and you've got to be able to kind of have that ability to be able to kind of speak to all sorts of people and you can't because you have social circles now if you're a trader you're more than likely going to attract other traders to you. you're going to have other traders in your circle because you probably go on twitter and you probably look at like tweets to do trading you speak to people who are traders and that's about it now you're not going to go into kind of things thinking okay cool i'm a trader i'm suddenly i'm going to be friends with a lawyer unless you kind of move to them online let's say a girl or you, you know, your friends from elsewhere um and one thing i want to kind of say to a lot of people to break into it is you kind of have to know what other person wants you've got to kind of be adaptable flexible we speak to these people what is it that they want from me or what is it that they um like to hear and a lot of people, lot of people don't know this like you know if you were to come to elon musk for example saying oh Elon Musk, let's chill he's probably not he's going to probably say oh yeah i'll take a picture of you and that's it but if you offer him say elon musk I heard that you know you're trying to get the Twitter deal through. I know a friend at SEC right now that can help you, you know, push that deal through. Um, and then he might be more accepting to you. He might be saying, "Yeah, sure, bro. I don't worry. I'll owe you one, or I might give you money for it, or you probably won't give me money for it, but you might say I might owe you one." Um, and then there, you, you provide a value to him, so he knows that you know you can count on him for something else later on. And he knows at the same time, this person is someone I want to keep around me. Like I think a lot of people don't actually realize that being the case, the value. Um, and of course, social circles, another important thing is difficult for you to break it out. Now, a lot of people might say, okay, cool. I have money. I'm a, I'm a trader. How, how come these traders chill with like artists and sports people? And I kind of think it's myself, all this thing is like one kind of box. Entertainment industry is all the same. You'll see actors, chill actresses, who chill singers, who chill footballers. It happens all the time. Like stuff special about that. But when do you see it, an artist chill with a banker on artists? I want to I want to say lawyer because they have to have lawyers through their um, A and R record labels, but you won't see an like an artist chill with someone from a totally different field, like construction, for example. Why? The two different social circles. It's as simple as that. So when a lot of people say, this is what I want to kind of get to. When a lot of people say, ah, oh, I want to chill. You were on Buffy when I get money. I want to chill with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, not Floyd Mayweather. That's a wrong bad example. Rather, I want to chill with let's say Olden Olden. What's his name? Olden Crispy. He's a hedge fund owner, um, or the CEO of uh, Blue ba Blue Bay. Like, you know, you're not going to just end up in there if you're chilling with people who are, in, like, you know, artists and so on and so forth. Like, it's, it's impossible. Now, to be able to get into those circles, you have to kind of attribute yourself to what they would like. So, for example, you can't say, oh, I want to chill one buffet, but you go out there and buy a Ferrari and chill the Ferrari and buy all these glistening uh, Alexander Protects, you know, that you show, you, you basically get what's called alcohol and you shove it down the flipping watch so you can show to the girls, oh, look, I got money, I got money. <laughs> like, you're not going to go to any sort of, um, you know, what conference or going behind with that. Like, let's be real with you. Let's be real here. So if you want to kind of get yourself into those social circles, you've got to act like it. Don't be revolutionary. As much as people will get upset to saying this, don't be revolutionary. Like, 
if you're black and they say, you know, you have to have to have a low cut, just do it. If you want to get into that circle, you have no choice but to kind of put yourself and be flexible for that kind of group. Um, and, you know, you've got to kind of see it as a mentality as well. If you want to be, if you want to be in rooms with Bill Gates, you've got to, in some sort of way, act like him. Like a lot of people say, uh, you know, you, you, they, they know about the fact that, you know, you shouldn't spend money on stuff like Lamborghinis um, because it's just a waste of money or whatever. But they don't act it. The first, you know, crumble of money that they get, they go and buy a drip. They go buy a Lambo, buy a Lamborghini, Ferrari. And I think to myself, you want to be in the room with Bill Gates, right? But then you're acting like this. Does that make any sense to you? Like, it doesn't make any sense to you. Like, it doesn't make sense because, you know, you, you want to be there, but you're not acting like them. If you want to be there, you're not acting like them. Simple. I look at pictures of Elon Musk. I look at pictures of Philippine Bill Gates, Warren Buffet, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And these guys, sometimes you see them in the street, you would think that these guys are not special. He, like, Mark Zuckerberg wears that like, black top. I, you, I can go to Primark and buy the same black top. And, you know, his one costs 500 pounds, but you wouldn't have even thought that because you would have thought it was a five pound black top. But you, you're seeing guys going with Gucci, you know, Louis Vuitton and thinking they can woo these guys. Like, let's be real, it's, it's, it's close to impossible. And now, uh, let's kind of lead on to, I know I'm kind of dragging on a little bit. Let's say lead on to this. Let's say, you nah, know. Nah, nah, keep going, bro. Keep giving them that. <laughs> sure, let's say, okay, cool, you have the appearance, right? You know, you have the appearance, you're wearing. I'm not telling, I don't want to make it sound like I'm telling people to ditch where they trip and not buy Lambos. But if you are going to do it, make sure you're not kind of bringing it around people who will take it to be stupid like you know some people kind of say look at yourself and say oh this guy's got lamborghini he thinks he look cool in this lamborghini but i'm not i'm, I'm not faced by it like it doesn't look special to me it's just what it is what it is yeah suddenly has money but if anything he showed me he's stupid with money like you know i would say even said even to myself i'm like you know i don't wake up in the morning every day do whatever i can to be where i am right now today to be compared to a rapper or to be compared to whatever because i know my knowledge i don't say it's like surpasses them but i know that no 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 no. it definitely does surpass them (laughs) i i really dislike being compared and i think i actually think that's a reflection of our community i think we are our kind of measurement or benchmark of success is rappers or ballers and I genuinely think we are the representation of the youth that aren't ballers or rappers. Oh, 100%, man. 100%. And you know what as well? I think it's also because that that's what's marketed to us. You know, that's the culture that's marketed to us. So all we see in terms of representation for young black youth, all we see are people making money through illicit activity or becoming an athlete or an, an, another sort of entertainer. You know, it's, it's not common to see us becoming successful entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because i'm seeing statistics of people of I, I believe the statistic i'm not sure if this was in uk or if, or if this was in um the america but the statistic was something along the lines of one in like every 100 black businesses that open up are successful for longer than two are open for more than two years and that's a crazy number because when it's compared to other ethnic backgrounds like like for example white people or latinos or brown people you know you you, the 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 statistics showed that it was i believe 40 out of 100 uh, businesses would last over two years so it just shows how like there needs to be a lot more representation in the community of, of, of young successful black men for us to strive to innovate and also just know that there's more out there for us you know because there's a lot of young black people who've never even stepped outside of london before and 
all they know is the is the block that they're living in and the they only see the the, the crime that's happening around them they only know about all of the people that they see on social media flexing their jewelry and their 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 Jordans and so forth. But what they don't realize is that if they just turned around and looked within themselves and found out what what really would help them to improve themselves, just by doing that, you would do the serve. You would do the whole community a lot a lot more of a service than you would do if you was to become a rapper or become um, an athlete, for example. Because everyone's an athlete and an entertainer nowadays. It's a bit rinsed out. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, you see, see, the thing is, right, the thing, the paradox of this, right, even if you were doing illicit activities, there's always one thing that always hurts me because, um, you know, 1990, right, you had the 1980s, 1990, you had the crack epidemic, right? A lot of black people were, you know, hooked on crack and so on. So I'm not mm. advocating for this being the case, but a lot of the drug dealers at the time, I even saw a picture, right, where there was three, four black guys that were worth $100 million. Tell me why, after a few years, that $100 million left the communities worse off than they were. Like, even if you think of it yourself, like, we are black, so why are, we not, why are we not helping each other? Like, you can even say to yourself, cool, maybe I'll get money from illicit activities, but why not just help my community push up a little mm. bit? Because those guys, $100 million, that $100 million went straight back to the government. Imagine they decided, like, okay, I'm going to build some stuff. I'm going to do something like that. And I, can, I understand, like, there's a, lot, there's a lack of role models, and it become, can become difficult, but we have to change the kind of the, the narrative a little bit here. Because when I went to private school, everybody's, they're kind of looking up to people who are, um, who have made it that like their parents, maybe their parents are hedge fund managers or their parents are MPs. Like you, you see stuff like that. So they kind of look up to them saying, you know, my, I cannot strive for anything less. That's where I need to go. And some of them will, okay, cool. They won't do perform as well. Sometimes some of them were just terrible, like, you know, at school, they did everything. But, <laughs> you know, because they had that kind of sense of community around them, they're able to get to that situation. Now, I always think about myself, right? The worst people in my private school and the worst people I've seen in, in Tottenham, totally different, like, totally different situations. I see the worst people getting flipping internships into certain, I don't want to say certain places, corporate places, not just like you've said, the industry, um, but big places where you look at it and say, how did this person get in there when he literally went to some Mickey Mouse university doing a Mickey Mouse degree and he got into that kind of place. And I think it's okay, cool. Some person back in the hood, let's say, for example, uh, they are going to, um, they're going to sell drugs, whatever, and they get arrested more, more often than not. That's why I kind of say you've got to kind of change the culture, right? To kind of put less in, in emphasis on needing to kind of create your own stuff. Yes, by all means, be entrepreneurs, but don't be entrepreneurs that are just stupid entrepreneurs. Like I see people saying, okay, cool. I, I go on Instagram every day, sometimes, not every day, sorry, for 10 minutes. I even looked at it yesterday, it was 10 minutes. When I go on it, I look at some of the adverts. I see a clothing brand, oh, Trappy, Lizzie True Trappy, Pound Sign. Next one, uh, um, something, something too Trappy. Next one, I say, oh, something about Lizzie, die for Lizzie or whatever. And I'm thinking myself, okay, cool. Like I've seen three of the same exact tops, Lizzie, Trappy, whatever, uh, pound sign. So I'm thinking to myself, why? Like, you know, be innovative, like be something special. Like you always have the same thing. Everybody's always trying to do the same thing. You want to be singers, you want to be artists, you want to be entertainers, you want to be spoiled people. How about one time you say you want to be a banker, you want to be a lawyer? Because, you know, you can just as easily do that. Like there's nothing, especially in the UK, there's nothing holding you back. A lot of people wouldn't say, I'm, I'm trending to kind of muddy waters here, but a lot of people say racism, whatever, so 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 forth. But I say go to go to France, bro. France is across the water, bro. If you're black or if you're Muslim, bro, good luck trying to get into any of these places, bank, whatever. Like, good luck. It's not gonna happen. At least in the UK here, we have a drive to get more people, black people, into these places, bro. I promise you, you travel like 20 minutes, not 20 minutes, you could go to Dover, take the take the flight, um, not the flight, sorry, what's called the ferry over to um to Paris, and let me know how how hard it is for you to get a job. It's so mm -hmm. difficult. 
And mm. I'm saying now more than ever, we have to kind of push up like this kind of thing where you can get to where you want to be. You just want to be entrepreneurs, yes, but be realistic at sometimes. Even them, like, I see a lot of people shitting on 95. Like, believe it or not, I saw a YouTube video like a couple months back. I was like, these like really young girls, like, I'm pretty sure these girls are under the age of 16 on YouTube yeah. talking about, ah, oh, I want a man that has his own business and whatever. Like, I don't want a nine to five man. And as even made worse, there was a Instagram model called Ari, Ari, Money Bag Yours Girl. I don't know her name, mm. I can't remember. I think, I think it's um, Ari. Yeah, I think that's the name. I don't know, I don't know, it was, I'm not too sure, I'm pretty, pretty sure that's the name though. She said something like, she doesn't want a man that does nine to five. And I'm thinking to myself, listen, I know, I don't know them personally, but I know of a couple guys at Goldman, Goldman Sachs right now making $30 million. And they're 23 in the UK. They're making thirty million dollars trading. Of course, these these guys are special, like really special. But these guys are doing nine to five, and they're doing these numbers. Like, I'm, what what's forcing you to have to kind of go the entrepreneurship role? You can just as easily go corporate and decide to help everybody else. Like, it's not that's not necessarily not focused. Because I think having more bodies, having more black bodies in corporate will help everybody else. Because mm, you know, I can cool. then go back and say. Imagine, like, let's say for you, I don't know you guys, but let's say for you guys as a kid, right? You said, ah, oh, I know that guy, my uncle, he worked as a lawyer or he worked as a banker. I want to be like him. He's making a, a shit ton of money. He's living in Mayfair, living life. I want to be like him. Like, that actually does something for kids. Like, because if someone doesn't have that there, what do they do? They go outside, they see one guy on Instagram, look, this guy's got fat stacks of cash. Like, you know, I don't know who carries fat stacks of cash anymore. Like, it's ridiculous if you see someone that has And people say, ah, oh, this guy got he's got money, bro. Like the the money's like I don't know, man. The money's long, man. It's long. And I think myself like this guy. Like, these guys are thinking of something. Oh, this guy's got bare cash, bro. Like he's got like ten k in cash. I'm like, I'm like, cool, like cool. These guys think to themselves, okay, cool. Like these little kids, they think, oh, this guy's got so much money. I want to be like him. So they step out. They start asking, oh, how you get that money? That oh, bro, listen, man. I'll give you a little pack. You sold this here and there. Then the cycle continues. And I think to myself, if we have one person, even an uncle. A cousin or some person went to my school that said, Ah, uh, you know, I worked in this bank, I can help you get there. Aspire to be like me. It will do wonders for a lot of people. It will even help them, even guide them in the right direction. And that's even something else I want to speak about as well. It's like, um, even when you get into these rooms as well, like, who, what are you? When you get to these rooms, what are you? Who are you acting? What are you acting like? A lot of people get in these rooms, bro, like, I'll be real, right? I'm gonna offend a, I'm gonna offend a shit ton of people when I say this, right? But some people are so shallow. You go speak to some people, and uh, even on Twitter or, or in Telegram, and the only thing they can talk about to me is trading, trading this, trading that, mm. trading this, trading that. I think to myself, bro, like, quite frankly, I don't give a f about your trading, bro. I don't care. Like, I hear these stories all the time. Even when I was, uh, even I said earlier about just, like the experiences, like I don't really want to kind of speak about my experience. Why? Because I come on these stuff, uh, I, I listen to these stuff, podcasts, people talking the spaces, and they say, ah. Oh, I was grinding nine to five, whatever. Like, yeah, bro, like it happens. And very much that's that's good. Not grinding, sorry, working at McDonald's, whatever. That's good, yes. But you go into some of these rooms and you go with some of these really snobby guys. These guys don't give a shit. Good these guys God. don't care. These guys want you to be what they want you to be. Like, they want you to be like an upstanding member of society that's got money that can help them. Yes. They don't want to hear that kind of side of the story. Or, oh, you came from the mud, you did this. Seriously, they don't. And it's like some people, yes, they think it works, but it, it, it generally doesn't. And I kind of learned to kind of think of myself, think like that as well. well it's quite bad anyways, but I kind of do it. Like someone might come to my Snapchat, right? Which was everything about first, like, you know, first appearance is always key. Um, they might come to me on Snapchat saying, oh, bro, yeah, listen, like um, something happened with my parents, you know, I, I, I don't have money. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I, 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 I feel sorry for you. 
But at the same time, if you were to be put in with a room with some of these guys and you said all of these kind of sub stories, I promise you, you would, you would literally, they would literally walk away from you. These guys are mm. snobby as hell. They want, they, they want snobby. Take everybody, take that in. Do not lead conversations with sub stories. I'm mm-hmm. sure all of us here on this podcast can think of scenarios where the first thing people are leading with are sub stories. I'll never forget. Um, when I was doing applications for my crypto channel, one guy put in the why you want to join crypto Nero section, I really want to join because I've been a burden to my family. I've tried to commit suicide five times. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you don't lead to build connections with sub stories because unfortunately, not everybody's going to have the type of empathy that you're trying to appeal to. Mm. Sorry to cut you off, Pip, continue. Yeah, most definitely, you, you definitely said it. Like, I feel like a lot of people, I think that's why it kind of, kind of ties in my first point as well about value. You come to me, right? Let's say, for example, a lot of people ask me about my thoughts on, you know, all sorts of things, and I always do my best to kind of reply to them when I get the chance. Um, so they might say, what's the thoughts about the SP 500? What do you see happening to US economy this year? So I'm like, cool, sure. Um, some people ask me the question, I'll just I'll answer that straight away. That's it. I'll leave it at that. Um, some people, of course, want to get into the proper conversation, but you just ask me a question and, you know, that's about it. Um, I don't really see like a, a value in being able to hold that conversation. Um, or even some people come up to me and say, oh, cool, I, I did this, that, like, you know, my family's down bad right now, but I want you to kind of tell me what I should invest in. Okay, cool. I always ask the question, but I'm thinking to myself, right, if I remember this person's name, I can't take this person seriously anymore. Like, no offense, but I just can't take this person seriously anymore. But if he came up to me, right, and said to me, listen, Pip, right, I'm looking to invest in SP 500. I did some research. I see that, you know, utilities do quite well in an inflationary environment. Um, what do you think about that? Even just saying that, right, that little mm-hmm. part, that's, it, it, I thought even adding that little bit of value, even though I don't necessarily need it, it kind of thinks myself, this guy's done his research. I can kind of have a conversation with this person because he knows what he's talking about. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of think to myself, it's a bit different now. I always, when people leave the value, I think it always kind of lasts a lot longer. The conversation lasts a lot longer because you kind of say, this person knows what you're talking about. Even, even if you don't know what you're talking about at all, like, you know, even being able to kind of hold some sort of conversation with me, and it sounds intellectual, I think at the very least will kind of put you far. And I think when you get to a lot of these rooms, right, where a lot of these people of high society, you've got to want to show them your value, right? And I think uh, back to what I was kind of saying, I kind of um, lost my train of thought before, but, you know, a lot of people you get, I, I promise you, you, you look at my, my Twitter followers, right? No offense, or my Twitter following, rather. No offense to people who I follow, um, who are close with me as well. I follow them for a reason. But I pick 99% of these guys, right? I say, you know, you come and meet a room. Let's go and meet, let's say, um, the CEO of a of a large investment bank. And, you know, let's just see, you know, a lot of people are going to be in attendance. These guys will come in, right? And they'll do one or two things, right? They'll be silent, or what they'll talk about all the time is trading. Now, a lot of people go on to say, oh, I made, I made five racks from trading. I made 100 racks from trading, you know? And you're gonna go talk to like a guy who works in trading as well, by the way, and in institutional trading, and say I made like I made 500k and <laughs> do something. And I, generally, generally, believe it or not, like the way some people talk to me, this is how they will react. Like some people bang on about trading all the, all the time, like 24/7. And I think to myself, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, cool, <laughs> like I, I, I get is your grind, bro, but you don't have to tell everybody 24/7. That's what you do. Like with me, for example. You put me in a room with a historian, I think I'll do pretty well. You put me in a room with a politician, I think I'll do pretty well as well. You put me in a room mm. with a computer scientist, I'll do well as well. I probably can do some of their jobs. You put me in a room with a marketer or graphic designer or um, see all the different different kind of industries. You put me in a room that I can hold a conversation in their language 
as you were saying before, like speaking a different language, I can hold, I can speak to a computer scientist or someone studying computer science or even someone that works at Meta. I can say, you know, I know about Python, you know, what about this, what about that? What about if you use, um, you know, for example, you use matplotlib or if you use um, Ruby or, or sorry, not I know Ruby, about matplotlib, you know. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. So this is an example. I know a lot of people won't even know this. I'm not even going to get into it because it doesn't matter. Um, but stuff like that, I can hold a conversation. A lot of people, you bring them to me, guys start talking about trading it. And I promise you, right, believe it or not, I know I trade it, but every time someone starts banging onto me about trading, my brain turns off because I genuinely don't God give knows. it. I don't care. Like, I, I, I genuinely made my money. Like I said, I, make a decent, I made a decent amount of money. And I generally don't, I generally don't like talking about it. So imagine if someone here who you speak to in high society, someone works in a bank, someone works in a law firm, you start banging on about how much you trade because that's the only thing that's about you. Um, that's the only thing about you. That's the only thing that defines you. Like a lot of people, like you know, that's the only thing that defines them. Trading, trading this. They talk to a girl talking about trading. Snapchats, you know, on their personal account, they start talking about trading. Something goes, so do you not have like a life outside of trading? They're like, oh yeah, maybe I do. You kind of ask them, what happened to your friends? All the friends ditched because they wanted to be trading. Like, you know, I think to myself, like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, there's two kind of things here that I need to dissect. Well, number one, people, there's a lot of people, right, that bang on about these kind of things, trading, whatever, to the point where they say they do it 24-7, and it, as a result, they've dropped their friends because their friends haven't done the same exact thing as them. I read a tweet, I can't find it right now. I should have tried, I should have found it before. Um, it was on my mind. This guy, right, this big trading guy, you've got like a thousand, a thousand likes in his picture, said, uh, tweet, sorry. He said, I dropped all my friends because my friends were in the club last night whilst I was working trading. So I'm like to myself, you know that says a lot more about you than it actually says about them? I'm like, I'll be in a club, right? I'll party, I'll party day and night, bro. I'll party for the whole weekend this weekend, bro. I'll wake up Monday morning, like Monday walking. Forget London. I'll wake up in the evening on, 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 on Monday or Tuesday and I'll trade. And I'll make, I'll, I'll make, basically you've been grinding all that 24-7, bro, for, for you to get outsmarted by someone that hasn't even touched the charts for, for a couple of days. Now what? You look like a prick. Why does everybody want to micromanage what their friends do? If your friends want to go out and party, bro, it's cool. You don't have you to know what? You know what? That's refreshing to hear because I think in our culture, especially, there's this kind of, I guess, entrepreneur culture, which is pushed on people, which is like, oh, if your friends aren't doing this, then lock them off and get new friends, which is something that's really pushed. And I've always, I've literally always had this exact same thought that you have right now. I was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you actually just raise another point, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that um, later. But so, yeah, you're definitely right. What you said, I mean, for me, it's quite that the whole thing why you have we have to have a group of friends who are the same as you at Grandin, it's called new, it's, it's part of a whole cultural thing called neoliberalism. But I'll get onto that a little bit more later if we have time, um, in more depth. Um, but more to it, so like a lot of people are saying they, they drop their friends, they they they, they don't chew with their friends more because their friends are doing something different. But I'm thinking to myself, why, like, why does it matter? Why does it matter what your friends do? I'd rather have friends right now, right, that aren't associated with this whole trading stuff because I know I can take a break. I know that I don't have to think about trading all the time. Um, generally, genuinely, like sometimes some people try to ask me some questions, but I say no. Like you, if you ask me questions about trading at like one o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna tell you no. I'm not gonna ask you today. I'll ask you tomorrow morning because you need to have a break. Like people obsess about trading, which is not wrong, but you're burning yourself out. You're not causing yourself any sort of benefits in trading or charting up twenty four seven. Yes, it looks great on paper, but if you're not having fun, then what's the point? It's literally gen it's been seen, um, it's been what's it called written about reports been written about the fact that you know companies that have four day work weeks perform a lot better than companies that do have five days or six days. Why? 
because you have the, the time to break, to have fun, to, to relax, to do what you, you want to do. So why can't you take that to um, consideration for yourself as well? Like I don't have to kind of, you know, have everything about my life to be to do with trading. I don't have to wake up, trade, or go to sleep, trade. Maybe you can wake up, trade, that's that's okay. I mean, London, you got to wake up for early in the morning, but you don't have to go to sleep and keep trading or trying. Have fun, go out, you know, relax, because you're going to need that. Otherwise, at some point, you get burnt out. I always say, look at footballers, right? Marcus Rashford, you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys know who you are. If you don't know who he is, then unfortunately, you've got, you got some learning to do in it. But this guy, Marcus Rashford, when he burst on the scene at 18, bro, he was the he was the best youngster in England football. I'm an Arsenal fan as well, by the way. But he's the best youngster in England football. <laughs> he burnt out so quickly. Rashford burnt out so quickly. Like this season, he's been terrible. Why? Because he was like I wouldn't say he's grinding. I don't know what he was doing afterwards. But at such a young age, if you're putting so much pressure on you to work as hard as you possibly can, you burn out later on. Which is why it's important. If you're trading alone, take some breaks. Have friends that you can, of course, you know, relax with. Because when you even especially when especially when now, right, we're, we're quite young. This is especially two kids who are like 17, 18, 17, 16, whatever. Bro, the fun I had when I was 16, I could not have that back, bro. When I was 16, I can't even say some of the stuff I was doing, but you do knock down ginger, you just you do start sprinting. Or you start, you know, you do all sorts of things, you sit in the park the whole day, you bang ball with your brethren, you do some fun shit that you, you can't you get away with if you're old enough. I'm not gonna, right now I'm not gonna have time to go bang ball with my boys, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have time to go play with knock down ginger, bro. Like, Let's be real. If I play not down ginger, I'm getting caught. I'm getting arrested. Get sent to the police cell right now. But <laughs> when you're when you're younger, bro, these things happen. So you have fun. Have fun when you're young because the memories, bro. I promise you, the memories are they're gonna be there forever. I look back on my Snapchat sometimes. Look back a year, uh, five years ago, four years ago. I'm like, shit, bro. Like I was living life, bro. I'm happy. Like I look back and I'm happy. I knew if I didn't have those experiences back in the day, I'm never gonna have them now. Bro, you can have like, ten million pounds, bro. You go and you go to Dubai. You have you, you have all the girls you want, bro. Fat back, you know. Maybe she doesn't have a fat back, you know. All sorts of things. Bunda, no bunda, like, bro. You can have all the girls you want there, bro. But that fun you're gonna have there is never gonna be the same fun as you have when you have freedom, when you're by yourself, you're doing nothing. Like you have no constraints, you have no bills to pay, you have no you know things lined up. You just know that at the end of the day, I gotta go home, sleep, wake up next morning, school, and then some other days, you know. Even 2016 summer was undisputed for me. I'll always go back to it. Oh, 2016 was an amazing year for music, that's, especially. I think that's, that's what I'm saying. Was 2017 for me was terrible. It wasn't as good as 2016, but 2016 was so lit. And I'm saying to myself, I had that fun when I was 16. I could not replicate that, no matter how much money I have, unless I get a time machine and I go back. Because when you're young, the fun you have, you will never be able to replicate it. So especially the kids that are there, have fun, bro. Like, Yes, I'll see you on a grind, but don't burn yourself out trying to do trading all 24-7. Yes, it will always still be there, and you can always try to kind of grow, but have fun. Go out, man. If you've got, if you've guys, got a girl, bro, take on a date. Do all sorts of things, man. This is coming This is coming from a 21-year-old who drops 100 lots, top three investment <laughs> banks, multiple <laughs> business ventures. So if he's telling you to have some fun, then it's not a crime. And I feel like people have made having crime a fun you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not about burning yourself out 24-7 working, which is the interesting thing about actually entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs look at people that work 9 to fives like, how could you do that? But if you're a real entrepreneur, when you first start in, you actually leave a 9 to five to work 24-7, and people don't get that. Mm. That's why it's not for everybody. Good, no. I think... 
Oh, on. Sorry to interrupt you, bro. But um, another thing that people don't also look into as well is being an entrepreneur. You know, going inside of a, an existing business and innovating that business. Because you can make so much money doing that. You don't have to own the business yourself. Yeah, cool, you can have the equity and stuff. But you can also extract the, the, the money that you earn from that business and then own equity in other businesses. Do you know what I'm saying? You could leverage other people's time and and, and 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 experiences and skills by, let's take, for example, investing into ETFs. Do that over time, it snowballs. And then you can have that financial freedom in that aspect. But then also, you've also built a career and made wonderful connections and done something that you actually loved, but without the stress of having to work in it 24-7. Most definitely. Like, I definitely that's very, very, very much key. Like, a lot of people, I think when I was younger, there was always this pressure that I have to start something myself. You don't have to start something yourself. Like you don't have to create, have a revolutionary business idea to start. You can literally have someone that is, and you just put money into him, and simple as you, you, you blown up, you made a shit ton of money. Um, I was even going to say that even before, like, like a lot of people, the reason why a lot of people don't have fun, right? I'm saying, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to get your business off the ground, by all means, you can work 24-7, but be aware of the, the reason why you're working 24-7. Be aware of what's kind of pushing you to think that you need to work 24-7. A lot of people don't know. So um, the, the thing I was talking about is, I want to talk about is neoliberalism, right? So I'm going to talk about a section of neoliberalism. Hold um, on, hold on, hold on. Is this politics we're going into? Basically, it's not politics. It can have a politics side of thing, but it's also a social kind of thing as well. All right, cool, no worries. So um, basically, you know how everything in life is basically commodified. So you go to hospitals in America, you got to pay for it. Uh, medicines cost like a shit ton of money. Uh, you go to churches as well. They te- they preach you to kind of you know you pray to God, then you can make a extra ton of money. I'm I'm a Christian as well, and I do sometimes believe in some of the stuff that's been said. Um, but it's something that's kind of grown over the last forty years, fifty years for a reason. It's also that kind of feeling that you know you got to grind, you know, twenty four seven to make sure you get money. There's actually a, a Beyonce song called Six Inch. I mean, I don't mean like you know what it means six inch, six inch, but it's just a song called. Hey, bro, careful saying that type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong idea in it. It's just called six inch in it. Look at the lyrics, right? I didn't use such lyrics myself, and it's basically the perfect kind of um, explanation of what neoliberalism, neoliberalism is. Like she basically talks about she works for the money. She works for the money. Um, she works for me from start to finish. She worth every dollar and she worth every minute, and she grinds from Monday to Friday, works from Friday to Sunday. Um, this one Beyonce, by the way. And you look at the lyrics, you can think to yourself, like, she's not sleeping. She's grinding 24-7. She's doing whatever she can do to get to make money. And you think people think they're special. They generally think they're special because, you know, they're doing something else that something else, something else, someone else is not doing. Like, they think because they're trading, someone else is not doing it. That puts them ahead. That makes them special. But no, it's just this whole kind of mentality. And when you think of it, like, think of it properly. You're a slave to the money. Simple. There was a study that was written, uh, I can't remember what, but there was a guy who basically compared, you know, Ace with Bugatti. Mm-hmm. So in the video, um, even in the song, but in this video especially, he's basically talking about how he's grinding for money to get, you know, to basically get a good car and whatever. Um, and they compared that song to a slave song from like 100, 200 years ago. And basically the exact same thing. It's just whoever's at the top is different. So back in 200 years ago, when you're, so you're a slave, you're working for the slave owner, you're not making for money. But now you're working for money. So you're grinding 24-7, you're, you're, you're tiring, bro, you're tired, you, you can't sleep, you're trying to just do whatever it takes to get this business idea off the ground, but you're enslaving yourself for that, for that money. And it's the exact same premise. A lot of people think they're special, but 30 years ago, we had the exact same people doing the exact same thing. People going to become artists, we're going to become clothes designers. It's, it's not special, but you just got to become aware of what's going on. You want to know that, cool, 
these are the forces that push me in that direction. Yes, I could decide to listen to it. If I need to work 24-7, I'll do it. But don't force yourself to do it because other people are doing it. Like, I want to say, yeah, sure, you want to be the best. Because I, I, whenever, whenever I do, I want to be the best. But always make sure you're working smart, not hard. Because you work hard, you get burnt out. You work smart, you become a lot more efficient throughout the whole long run. Like, mm. kind of think about graph, right? You're working smart. Let's say the, the, the graph goes upwards. Like, it goes like in the, um, let's say, it goes quick, quickly upwards, quickly upwards. And it comes dropping down, like, straight away, almost straight away. Let's, let's think of a rug pull, rug pull. In the crypto chart, I don't know because it's the best kind of explanation. You see how a lot of rug pulls or pump and dumps they go like go up straight away and then they drop down straight away. That's basically what working hard is. You go up straight away, then boom, down. Now working smart is you know like the price of Bitcoin gradually kind of grows up, 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 up. And in the long run, forget about it, like it's a smaller picture, you're basically done quite efficient work. Whereas that pump and dump, you you've basically been performing well for like a year or two or three. And boom, your levels are you're gone. So I know I'm kind of rambling on quite a lot, but that's what I'm basically going to say. Like a lot of people have fun. Like don't think it's special because you're doing something different. Somebody else think it's special because of what's in your not in your in your brain, your mind, what you mm. can use to speak to other people. Like when I mean your mind, like a lot of people ask me how I kind of got to where I am, like being able to speak to some different people. It's because when I was young, I was I tried I tried everything. I read books to do uh, being a doctor. I read books to be in computer science. I coded quite a lot. I designed in Photoshop. Uh, I did all sorts of things when I was younger. Um, I read a lot of books, historian books, uh, history books, politics. I spoke to a lot of pol- I spoke to a lot of politicians. I read a lot of political books and theories, um, and that got to me where I am right now. So you put me in any room, I can do that. That's what sets you apart from other people. Because if I put you in the room, Bill Gates, and you start talking about trading, then you're not special from the other person who I also put in the room, and he will speak about trading as well. And it's not just trading; it can also be, you know, Amazon FBA. It can also be an artist. But it can also be um, all sorts of things. But if I if I can put you in a room, Bill Gates, you start talking about computer science, can't talk about, oh, Bill Gates, how do you do this IBM thing? Um, I'm looking to replicate this. Or you, you talk about, oh, um, to some guy who works a meta, you know, I did some Python program, it does this. Or even a hedge fund, for example, you go to hedge fund saying, I have a computer program that I do in Python that kind of does a track record, it has a track record of 80% or something like that. Um, even having those conversations is 10 times better than saying, I traded, bro. I, I turned one k to five hundred million, whatever. Like, I mean, five hundred million was a big, big number. I knew him back then, but let's say one one k to like a million pounds. Like, they're not going to be surprised because they're not going to be what's called amazed because everybody does that. Everybody does that. So you need to be mm-hmm. special, stand out. Don't say the same stories. I have the ability to speak some different things because then you will look special. And if you can add value, that's a top offer as well. You add that value in addition to the fact that you can speak quite well. You have the you have value, and I always say one thing before. I kind of wrap this kind of whole run over over. People who troll, they they have the best ability to be able to kind of um, let's say understand what exactly what people want. Because if you have the ability to make somebody upset, you have the ability to kind of get to someone's feelings. You also have the ability to get to someone's good books as well, because you know exactly where to kind of roll around with. And um, of course, it'll be a bit difficult when people are let's say on a lower kind of level, but on a high level. You know, you let's say for example, you you, you watch billions, right? You see how a lot of tit for tat is going on. You know, Chuck mm-hmm. he kind of speaks to um, let's say a random guy to get some debt on um, Bobby Axelrod, and he kind of um he gets the stuff that he wants done, and he owes someone the favor. That's how things work. You know, I want you to help me take down this guy. I'll help you with this, and you help me with that, and then that's how things work. And you become like connections with each other, and you can might say sometime in the future, my son wants to work for your company. 
get me in there um, or look at the stuff I've done for you in the past, get me in there, my son, or even just ask a question. Sometimes, sometimes you just ask a question and they help you do it because they know what your, your track record is like. So it's just that kind of thing, right? You have the ability to get into what people want. You find out what that person wants. Like it's not easy, but sometimes you'll find out. Some people, you know, they make it easy for you. Some people, they won't say what they want, but you find it out and it adds to the fact that you speak to them in their language. Like, you know, it's just like a girl, right? You're not going to speak to every girl the same way. Like, you know, I don't want to kind of separate by race, but you're not going to speak to a white girl the same way you can speak to a black girl. You've got to kind of change up a little bit, get me? That's so, right. like, you've got to change it up. Like, so you've got to change up for the person you're speaking to. But, you know, use that. Use that to advantage. If you can add value, always do it. Like, it you can always see this in corrupt countries. You've got countries like Nigeria, and like, no offense to Nigerian people. Uh, but, no, <laughs> now, you're, now you're calling Will out personally. <laughs> I, sorry, my boy, won't it? It's got, it's got, it's got to happen in it. But in countries like Nigeria, like, you have corrupt police officers. That corrupt police officer will offer you value because he will help you get protected from other people or help you skirt the law. And at the same time, you offer him value by giving him money. So you can see how you can offer value to somebody else. Like it could be something simple, it could be something big. But at the same time, if you offer value of that person, even in the moment, you'll succeed in every in every sort of room you get into. Now, I think I think a lot of people take some time out after you listen to this. Think to yourself, you know, what value can I offer to somebody else? Or what can I bring to the table? Even if it isn't value, what can I bring to the table? Can I bring even a conversation about computer science or conversation about history or conversation about what China's going through? Can I even bring that to the table and hold a proper conversation about it? Because if you can, you will to go places. And if you don't, then here's your chance now. Stop talking about, okay, cool, every room you get into, oh, it's about trading this, ah, oh, do this, Amazon, FBA, no, 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 no. Even, I would even say practice, not even saying to anybody. Practice, you, you know, know what, you know what, you know what, now that you're actually on the, that topic, what are three skills if you can narrow down that people need to focus on? I think one, two, and three. Actually, I'm saying one, two, three because how important it is, but I'm going to go into more of a reason afterwards. Communication skills, number one. Like, mm. I'm sure everybody's known this, right? It's not about how much money you have, but it's about who you know. Mm. I could be, I can have 500 million today. That family meaning doesn't mean anything if I talk to somebody and they won't listen to me. Or if I, if I try to get my son into it or my daughter or, you know, whatever gender they have these days. Um, if I try to get them into school. <laughs> no offense in it, no offense, but I don't know. I think there's she, he, she, he and they, but I don't know if there's any more in it. So let's say I try to get my, my child to some school, right? And um, I can't because even though I have all the money in the world, I don't know anyone. But I know, imagine the person who doesn't have much money, but you know somebody, and that person can get that, that child into school, or get you to an exclusive club, or get into that exclusive kind of room. And that's why it's all about who you know, because you make life easier for yourself and other people if you know people in big positions. So you're always gonna make sure you can get out of your social circle. Try and speak to people who are in different industries, and even try mm -hmm. to kind of you know add value to them, because at some point in the future, if you need them, you can be able to do so. Like if I'm a banker, and I need a lawyer's help at some point, I know if I have a friend, let's say, I know Will, Will's sister is a lawyer, I can talk to Will and say, you know, I, I might need you to help me with something. And because I, I have that kind of connection, it will help me sometime, it might help me sometime in the future. I'm not saying it will, but it might help me sometime in the future. And vice versa. If she needs someone to do a, a deal with on a, with a law firm, I'm always there to help you, give like an introduction. And that's how a lot of people kind of succeed because they don't even, some, some of these guys are not special. I promise you, bro, you go to the bank, I promise you, half the people listen to this are not, they're not worse off than some of the people in some of these places. But because um, they knew somebody, they got in there. They could be doing a really mediocre job, but they knew somebody and they're there. They get fired, they go to the next place. They've got experience and they're already 10 points ahead. 
imagine you that you have you do 10 times better the job but you don't know anyone so you can't get into those places places like hedge funds private equities politics it's all kind of invite only private members club invite only you know you've got to know somebody else to get in there so it's not about how much money you have at some point it's about how you kind of communicate with other people and who you know and you can get to wherever you want to be um number two i'll say is do what you want be happy have fun but also you know work I, I, what i'm saying even though i say i, I have fun more more often I work when everyone's I wouldn't say whenever when everyone's sleeping basically I work a couple of hours I do a couple of things here and there um but I work smart so I'm not okay cool I might work in that in the in the, in the a.m's in the morning and then later on I'll play like I play Fortnite all night I play you wouldn't even realize that I play Fortnite. I play I, I spent so much money on Fortnite, bro like my boys always call me saying what's going on bro like you're flipping 21 you're buying you know flipping Montclair and Fortnite <laughs> so like <laughs> you have fun, Montclair and Fortnite that should be an album title <laughs> bro I got Montclair I got Balenciaga in it I got I got hella I got Bad Bunny I got Travis Scott bro I got I got hella stuff in it but you can kind of see like I have my fun but I have my fun mm. after work but I might work mm. three four hours I play for the rest of the night even mm. I tried to do my little brother as well I like listen little bro you come in, do your work for a couple hours, two hours, because he's doing your GCCs, you do your work for two hours, then you play the rest of the night. And you, it will always help you to do it like that because you can relax. You can always look forward to working rather than thinking working on, oh, this is this is some bullshit, I can't bother to do this. It kind of motivates you to keep going on because you know, at the end of the day, when you when you finish that task, the dopamine's gonna be crazy, bro. You're gonna feel mm. accomplished. But when you don't do it, and you're reminiscing in the middle of the night, saying, oh shit, I could have done, done this, I feel like a bum. You're gonna be like, oh shit, nah. nah. Uh, I should have done it. I should have done what I was going to do anyway. So I'm saying, always kind of think about like this. Works, work smart. Set up a task. After the task, play games or do whatever you want to do. Go out, have fun, get drunk for the rest of the night, whatever you want to do. But have fun. And when you're a kid as well, when you're younger, like let's say below 18 or you're in sixth form, whatever, or secondary, have have more fun. Of course, don't neglect it, but have more fun. You have a lot more. You have a lot more time, free time, but have fun because you're going to regret not having that fun when you grow up. I promise you. When I look back at my memories, bro, I told you, the euphoria I feel from looking back at my videos from time ago, like, imagine I didn't have that there. Like, sometimes I, I just feel a bit upset. Like, you can't even look, you don't even have anything to look backwards to. You have to look forward to something because, you know, it's boring. Your life was boring. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Isn't it? That's, what, that's what I can say. Have fun. Work smart. And number three, of course, be aware of everything that's going on. Yes, I might say Lamborghini. I don't really like it because, you know, I guess if you buy a Lamborghini, you buy all these watches. You genuinely look like a fucking money. I'll be honest, like. You look like a criminal, you look like a rapper who just suddenly came into money. So, um, yeah, that might be the case. But listen, um, if you like that, go for it. But think of it. Do you like it because other people like it or do you like it because you like it? Because a lot of people, like let's say, for example, the Fear of God top and bottom essentials, they liked it because other people liked it, not necessarily because they like it themselves. So think of it. If you like what you like, then cool, go for it. But if it's other, if it's some person that likes it and you're trying to do it to impress them, think about it twice. Because it, at some point, it becomes a thing where everybody can influence your thoughts, your feelings, your likes, and everything. You don't want to be that type of guy that's vulnerable like that. So if you like the Lamborghini, then by all means, buy it. But if you want to appeal to a certain crowd, you might want to kind of, at the very least, if you do buy it, hide away from other people. But do what you want. Look at the forces that are around you. You know, if someone's telling you to grind or you're feeling the itch to grind, work hard, like, just know that there's always that bigger context of neoliberalism that's there that's almost pushing everybody to kind of grind to do an entrepreneurship, an entrepreneurial kind of thing. Um, it's, nothing, it's nothing wrong with that, but there's no what's at stake. There's no what's, what's around you. But that's what, that's what I've got to say in it. Um, those are the three main things I'd say. Communication skills, working smart, and having fun, and you know, uh, being aware of what's, what's pushing you in what direction. Mm -hmm. You know what, though? You see, 
when you spoke about dopamine and making sure that you do what you need to do first, but then you have fun afterwards. That right there is essential. And that's something that changed my life as well, because I learned about um, obviously dopamine and, you know, I, I, le I learned about dopamine fasting and how you can basically create your day in a way where you're not spending it just having fun, having fun, having fun. And then by the end of it, your dopamine tolerance is so high, like you just need more because doing something so mundane like working is just, your brain literally can't focus, you know? So that's something that was happening to me a lot because I used to play video games all day long from day to night. And then I wouldn't be able to work in the evening because I've spent my whole day just bombarding my brain with dopamine. But then when I reversed it, when I put the work in front of the, the play, boy, it felt so rewarding. And it's, it gives you something, as you said, it gives you something to look forward to because it's like, you know what? You've earned this. You've earned the right to play it. So when I play it, I'm going to play hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear it. Even to the guys, even like a little quick kind of um, example. What happens if you're not every day? Like you go, before you go to sleep, you rub one out. <laughs> like at some point, it doesn't mean you don't even make you feel happy anymore. So like you're doing that all day and you, if, if you feel like look it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel happy anymore why because you keep doing the same thing over again there's no nothing to look forward to you you, you just do you just do it for the for the sake of it that's the same thing the same thing that happens here like if you had that too much like dopamine from a specific thing like you just generally can't have as much fun anymore so you've got to kind of rewrite yourself and i think there's a book out there that kind of speaks about it, but i don't remember it off the top of my head um but you just got to rewrite yourself so these things like have fun but have fun after you do your hard work like this uh, same thing like have fun after you hard work simple that's 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 what i can really say from this mm. my last discipline as sorry well. is that go, happy, bro. go ahead bro that's all good no, I, was just, I was just saying that it also exercises your self-discipline as well because you're able to delay that gratification and that translates so much into like everything else that you do in life most definitely go on i can never gonna say something yeah now pip I know you try I know you try keep it as um neutral as possible but I think one of the most interesting things about you is where you reside on the political spectrum <laughs> Now I'm not saying this to call you out but and I know that in your post you try to stay neutral as possible which I guess provides more authenticity to your actual post cuz it can be digested by people on both sides but mm. If you feel comfortable, you don't have to. Would you care to explain where you reside on the political spectrum? You know, I can't. I can't not answer the question. I have to answer the question. So, <laughs> um, I'll say I'm, I reside on the right side of things. I'm more of a conservative kind of person. Um, and you, you know, know what? You know what? Before you continue, I'm clapping. I'm clapping because you're actually somebody who's different. Because you don't meet many people, especially especially black people like to play into the idea of, um, I think it's called identity politics, mm -hmm. which is like, I'm assuming just based on the skin color, you've automatically been designated a political spectrum where you reside mm -hmm. on it. And I think to break out the confinements in which society tried to put on you, on where, you, where your mind should be politically, just on your skin color, and to actually stand on that. I think it's commendable, which is why I clapped. Continue, brother. Thank you. Um, a lot of it is um, mainly because my parents is my family situation. So I kind of think of it like that. I think of politics as, you know, how does it help me? Not necessarily how does it help the people in general. Um, a lot of people think is, you know, you vote, you're voting for black people as opposed to voting for yourself. Like, you know, 
if I want to help my family with a tech situation, I'm not genuinely going to vote for Labour, am I? Um, but of course, even though I say I, I, I kind of lean towards the right hand side, I see things that are going on. A lot of people, like, I can see right now that there's a lot of issues going on in the Conservative Party. Um, I'm upset with, with what's going on. I don't really go too much into detail about Boris, you know, lockdown and so on and so forth, taxes increasing as well on a sly. I'm upset with that going on. Um, and I can, of course, say I might vote for Labour next election. A lot of people, as I said before, they don't see what's going on, what's pushing them. Some people are still, you know, looking to um, vote for Conservative, even though they've literally had the worst kind of um, living crisis. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I can see that there's something wrong, so I can change my political kind of beliefs. It's nothing wrong changing your beliefs. You'd have to be rigid in the way you kind of believe. If you feel like something's generally wrong, then sure, vote the other way. Simple as. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand this. And if you want to vote, vote for who you believe will help you. And don't vote because you, your friend said that you're going to vote. Like, I even came across some, when the, when the election happened in 2019, I was on Twitter at the time. I told people to vote conservative, and a lot of people got onto me because I'm black, of course. But um, people were basically getting onto me because they thought conservative wouldn't win because Twitter is such an echo chamber. Literally, some guy told me, oh, I'm so surprised that like, Labour got like 33% or some shit. And he's like, oh, I thought everybody voted for Labour. So you see what I mean? Like, people are voting because they think somebody else is voting. They think a lot of people are voting when it's not the case. You've mm. got to vote for what you think is going to help you. And I might believe in conservatism. That's okay. And when I speak to people, I respect everyone's beliefs. You're a communist. You might have a little bit of issue here and there, but I generally don't have a problem with anybody's belief. So believe what you want, but believe what you want is going to help you. I believe what you think is going to help you. And that's what I can say, really, with the politics. That was the perfect explanation. Thank you. I respect that highly, you know. Um, you're very well at articulating exactly how you stand on things in a way which doesn't offend people because a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, you know what? If you're a left winger, you're an idiot. You're an imbecile. You don't know anything about economics or politics or da 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 But it's important that we are able to open up conversations to understand one another and to be able to articulate why we have a certain political stance because everyone, as you said, it's, it's all the echo chamber. Everyone's just voting politically based off of emotion. But when it comes to politics and economics and running a country, it's all about logic. It's about what is best and what's most efficient. What will help me the most? What will help my family the most? And people are just looking at things like, like for example, in America, everyone votes Democrat because Barack Obama was black. But that don't mean that Barack Obama specifically that is going to help. just shake the whole thing. Oh, mom, like, mom hates him, hates him with passion. <laughs> it, it's a surprise because even when, when the day he got elected, my dad bought newspapers that I actually had um, somewhere lying around of him. Like, he bought all the newspapers that day of Barack Obama on the front page, um, you know, because he's black and everything goes proud. I even remember like showing a picture of Barack Obama, but little did he know in eight years' time, like, you know, the like our, our views on him would have changed such so rapidly. A lot of people still can't but, like see past it. They see because they voted them before they have to vote them again. I've worked for so in the last election. Doesn't mean I'm gonna vote for the next election. I you can you can change your opinions, nothing wrong with that. Don't vote the same way because it's because you voted the same way before. And don't vote because you see, okay, cool, Barack Obama's black. Like, yeah, I would have voted for him because he's black in two thousand eight. But you know, in two thousand twelve, ninety three percent of people, black people, still vote for Obama the second time, even though he didn't really do much to help them except from mm. you know, help them in the crisis, the economic crisis. I think about black people, there was a lot of stuff going on, African Americans, um, a lot of hate crime during Obama's presidency. Um, and, you know, the only thing he generally helped really was gay rights, gay, gay marriage. Didn't help anything Pretty for much, black yeah. people. 
and I think about Trump and I'm like, you know, a lot of people paint Trump in such a bad light, but he helps the black community more than Obama actually did. So now could, you're not. Could you could you drop some could you drop some ways that he did so people just don't think you're just chatting? So uh, number one, Trump had increased funding to HBCUs, which was then redacted by Biden. So he was yeah. funding a lot of HBCUs are like historically black colleges where there's like majority black people in that college or university. Um, Biden just withdrew that. Um, he he signed a law. I can't remember what the law is called specifically an act, but basically a lot of black people being affected by the fact that if you commit the same crime three times. Um, you get arrested for like I guess life in prison or something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so he released a lot of the people who were then kind of um, arrested under those kind of notions. Um, under Trump, you can kind of say it was economical kind of thing, but black unemployment was at its lowest ever. Black un household income was at its highest ever. Now, of course, you can say it's general trends from you know Obama times, but it happened under Trump. That was the case. Um, so there's all of these things that happened where you know Trump helped the black community. A lot of people aren't willing to see that. A lot of people aren't willing to see the fact that Trump put a lot of more, a lot more funding into communities that were basically, um, you know, had a, let's say rundown communities, which were basically, you know, had a lot of black people living in it um, and African Americans living in it. A lot of people don't see that. A lot of people see Trump and they say, "Oh, that orange guy who's supposedly racist." I'll, I'll go out and say this. Yeah. I'll go out and say this. Right. I'd rather be. I'd rather have someone that's racist, but helps me, even if it's a byproduct, than somebody who's not racist. And doesn't help me because this Biden guy, he he's not racist. They argue he's not racist. I don't know. I don't know if he's racist or not. Um, but he seems to love Af black, African American black people. He hires them all the time in his cabinet. But you look at the way African American people are, are living right now. A lot of the stuff that Trump put in to help black people are being re redacted by um, Biden. And how crazy it is, within the first week or two after Black um, after Biden got um, elected. The Black Lives Matter page said that they regret, um, you know, telling him to come in because he signed some law um, that allows, like, I think it's like guns in school, community schools, or something like that. Um, allowed, like, oh, I can't remember what the actual exact law was, but Black Lives Matter, number one, Biden refused to meet with them. Number two, he also signed some law and redacted a lot of stuff from the black community that Trump did. And now they regretted it. So when I was saying to people, oh, vote for Trump, vote for Trump, every people's getting called me a coon. Now I'm saying, look, look who's laughing now. <laughs> who's laughing now? It's mad because I'm, I'm I'm seeing the public sentiment changing as well. Like I, I see all the time in Instagram comments. Anytime there's a news to do with Biden, there's always a black person underneath now saying, "Oh, we need Trump back." And it's mad because when the election time was happening, everyone was like, "Nah, we need to get this racist fool out. I don't care who who we have to vote for." But that's just a complete wrong mentality because you got to look who that person is and what do they stand for. Bro, Biden, Biden sat in the Breakfast Club and told Charlemagne and all those like that if that then that they're not black if they don't vote for him. You know what I mean? Like everybody let that slide and <laughs> laughed, and I just thought to myself, yeah. like, like what going for like the black mind? Like what is going on? I'm telling you, man, our people are enslaved. That's how I say, yeah. You gotta be aware of what's going on behind you, around you. Because a lot of people get pulled by the media. If I start talking about this, it's going to get into long, so I'm going to keep it brief. But a lot of people don't even realize the media's talk pushing into a certain direction. You know, you read online, Instagram, celebrities telling to go vote Democrats. You know, the media's telling to go vote Democrats. Twitter's apparently saying that vote Democrats because Trump's supposedly racist and all these kind of things. But you take even a couple minutes out of your day, go on Google, maybe skip past the first few pages because the first few pages are always going to be anti Trump. But you mm. can see that Trump actually did try to help some black people. He even had a speech where he said that. You know, you guys, African Americans, you guys built this country, and you're only mm. getting to you're only starting to get the credit right now. And he starts talking about all sorts of things. 
um, about how African-Americans help people, but people are told that people say he, he, he was racist. And even then, a lot of people even start to see the fact that, you know, he might, might be the guy. Like he had the highest, I think, the highest number of black Americans in recent time like voting for him. So mm. he, people were able to hear that. But I don't know, man, you've got to be wary of what's being said to you. You've got to think to yourself, why is this being pushed onto me? Like Ukraine, for example, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm advocating for what Russia is doing. But at the same time, you've got to ask yourself, why the hell is Ukraine being pushed every, everywhere? Because if mm. stuff happening in countries such as like Syria, Yemen, um, all these countries across the globe, you're not going to see this type of stuff. I went to Fortnite, Fortnite's asking me to donate money to Ukraine. I said, how about you donate money to Ukraine? Or my bank, my bank had the button that said, you know, donate to Ukraine. Mm, I said, how Amazon about well. you donate to Ukraine? Bro, you Tesco as well, part. checking out, do you want to donate to Ukraine? That's what I'm saying, like, you got to think, of why is this being pushed? Yes, it's a bad thing, but it's anti-propaganda. Like, if Russian people aren't allowed to, like, you know, play football under the Russian banner, what does that say to you? That's Russia phobia, but people are not going to admit it. So you got you got to know what's pushing you around. I'm not advocating for what Russia's doing, by the way. I'm not advocating for what Putin's doing. But if you want to punish someone, punish Putin. Don't punish the people. Because mm. if a footballer who's Russian is getting penalized, he can't play football because of what Putin's doing in Russia. Like, what's that got to do with him? He's not telling Putin to go fire bombs, whatever. So mm. be wary of what's going on. Things are being pushed in you. You don't realize it. I'm not going to start talking about vaccine as well because that's a different one, different debate, or Black Lives Matter. But lots of things are being pushed to you on a day-to-day basis, but you don't realize it, and you're just getting caught up in this kind of, you know, let's say, strangling kind of echo chamber that's forcing mm. you to kind of think a certain way. But if you decide to kind of do your research after a couple of minutes, you'll see things are not as basic as it seems. Like, it's not just Black Lives Matter or something else, because you look into Black Lives Matter, you see that Black Lives Matter is raising money for people in, in jail. It's you get sort of police. But what about poverty, Black poverty? That's not being addressed. What about you know the fact that Black Lives Matter is aligning itself with you know the black kind of um what's the word the black middle class and upper class not the lower not the lower working class kind of people you don't see mm. that you don't see the fact that the Black Lives Matter lady took like billion uh, millions and like two three million and bought like bought six houses and shit like boy that. bought a couple of yards and that's what I'm saying you don't see that but you see oh, black BLM like that's what you see so I'm saying you got to know what's pushing you why is it pushing you see something come up time and time again why is it coming up. Let me do some research. Don't just believe what you see because you've seen it. Actually go into detail and see why it's the case. I, I think a lot of people that don't see this, and that's what hurts a lot of people. But if you're able to realize such facts, you open your mind and from all this kind of, I guess you can say, propaganda has been pushed into you by so many different people. Damn right. You know, you taught some people and you just feel like your net worth has just gone up in that conversation. <laughs> I think I, I think this is a perfect way to end the podcast, Pip. Thank you for coming on here, bro. Yeah, my pleasure, man. This 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 was definitely amazing. I feel like people are gonna have to replay this one a couple of times, especially when you're breaking down, you know, the contributing indications to the recession, the type of three skills people need to work work on. That was real value packed stuff. Thank you, my pleasure. Um, um, thank you for having me here too as well. I love to talk, so and I was going on for quite a time, so quite some while. So um, <laughs> you can see how much I love talking, bro. Time's an illusion over here, bro. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> All right, let me end this here. Thank you. <laughs>